Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel O'Connor, and Dennis Dick with you this morning. Got a lot to discuss. The rotation is continuing every day. It rotates back and forth. Growth, value, growth, value, tech, value, tech, value. Uh, It is in play again today. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, more craziness in, in GameStop land, in SPAC land, or the Roblox IPO, guys. That was some wild stuff yesterday. I want to get to that as well. Uh, our guest today is Buck Andrews, the co-founder of Inform. Today's show is also sponsored by Inform. I'm going to put the link up on the screen right there. Where are we? Right there. Uh, IN4M.info to learn more. Guys, hit that like button. Hit subscribe. Hit share, tweet at us, engage with us. I hear someone's TV in the background. I think that's, I don't know who that is. In any case, let's bring Joel on now. Joel, how are we doing this morning? Uh, Good morning, Spencer. Another good night in the index futures. Uh, Looking at the March here, up 29 handles. I got a little bit under the close last night on that 8 p.m. close. And uh, here we are. Knocking on the door of a new uh, old-time closing high. That would be 39.31. Your pre-market high stands at 39.29. Crude having a good day. That's up 98 cents. It does uh, 65.38. You have gold in the green by 11.70. Trying to get away from that $1,700 level. You have uh, silver. That's going the same way. That's up 26 cents at uh, 26.39. And uh Bitcoin just hanging out here near all-time highs. Uh, the futures, they're up $375. This is called 57000 in Bitcoin. Uh, Triple D, uh, here we are again uh, the day after the rollover. Uh, nice move overnight. Yeah. What are you seeing out there? Very, very clear rotation. The rotation has become almost automated. Because you are seeing it so pronounced that now you definitely have some high-frequency algorithms that are playing the rotation that we've been talking about forever. Value stocks, not up today. Value stocks getting hit here. Very, You can see the banks, your, your clear value names are all getting bought hand over fist yesterday. Those are down today. Um, so it's a complete rotation from where we were about 3 o'clock yesterday when they were selling tech stocks and buying the banks. They're doing the opposite here today. Value stocks trading in the red, where you've got obviously the S and P significantly higher. So it's such an interesting market to trade. 
just um, you know, from the daily rotations, the market that has no memory. That's what Doug Cass often says. Completely agree. Day to day, we seem to be completely different. We love tech stocks this morning. We hated them yesterday afternoon. Um, we love, you know, the banks yesterday afternoon. We hate the banks this morning. It's the market that just is rotating around. And again, I'm going to keep saying it. This is a contrarian market. The fade trade has been working. Um, you know, I obviously had the one you know bad day there this month, but for the most part, the, I'm, I'm basically usually you know I'm a fader. I'm fading moves, and the fade trade continues to work. So if you're chasing moves and you're jumping in, you know you're buying Tesla when it's up over 700 yesterday. Yeah, it's going to 800. And then it's like okay, well they just pulled the rug out from under and it lost 40 points. I mean, this is the kind of market you're in. Now it's getting it back a little bit here, but it seems like if you're chasing moves. It's not paying you right now. Yes, you know, maybe on a day trading basis, you can chase a little bit. But, you know, if you're saying, okay, stock runs 10%, it's going up 10% tomorrow, that hasn't been the case here for a while. It's been more the play to buy the dip and sell the rip, which we've been talking about for a long time, and that still continues to work. All right. Uh, not much going on as far as uh, earnings, but uh, we got some new stocks. Uh, do we want to get... Do we want to do our Kathy Wood segment? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah let's she let's got, do Kathy. Let's do Kathy. Okay. Right Spencer, off. Do you have a, uh, a little introduction for that yet? We're waiting. No, no, I don't. He's working uh, on it. I'm working on it. I apologize. I'm working on it. Um, what's interesting, though, is I've noticed, for, at least for this week, um, maybe what I'll do is like chart her activity uh, because – they were, last week and the week before, um, they were doing like 30, 40, 50 trades a day. And the past few days, it's been like 15. Yesterday was yeah. 17. Yeah, but why? Because the market was up. She's she's a heavy dip buyer. She listens to pre-market prep. She knows you buy the dip. And she likes tech stocks. So she's not. She's always mostly tech. So when tech's having a huge bad day, she's loading up the buys. When tech's having a, a significant rally like it has in the last couple of days, She's not buying it very much. So one stock she did buy yesterday, though, she got Ro- down and dirty on day one. Yeah, yeah. Robot, down and dirty on day one. Bought herself what five hundred thousand shares of RBLX. Yeah, let me get that. Yeah, five hundred and nineteen thousand shares for the ARKW fund. Yeah. So significant pop here this morning. Stock um, is significantly off the overnight highs. I cannot believe. That somebody was paying over $90 for this at 4 a.m. Again, I'm going to go on the 4 a.m. rant. I know 4 a.m. trading. I did it for a decade. I'm very good at 4 a.m. trading. I don't do it anymore because I got the young kids and I'm too tired. I'm simply too tired and was taking a toll on my life because I was like, I'm losing years of my life waking up this early to trade at 4 a.m. But I will tell you, if you are chasing moves at 4 a.m., you are absolutely on the wrong side of the trade. How do I know this? I made money for a decade trading 4 a.m. You don't chase moves at 4 a.m. I usually was making always the money fading stupid moves. That's how I made my money at 4 a.m., fading stupid moves. RBLX trading up over $20 on Kathy Wood is stupid. And if you bought it at $90, you're down 15 points and you deserve to be. So it's given it back. Now this seems right. I mean, Kathy Wood bought 500,000 shares. It's worth something. Tech's up strong. It feels like it should be up. RBLX should, feels like it should be up. But if you're coming in saying, she bought 500,000 shares. The stock's up only up 25%. It's going up 50%. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? 
listen, you know, like I don't, I you know, and, and I'm sorry, you know, if somebody actually listened to the show that bought this, but we're trying to teach. This is what we try to do in this segment from eight to nine. It's not about stock picks. We try to give a few of those. It's about teaching. And I will tell you the absolute right way to lose money and burn cash is to chase really high moves and buy a stock up 25% because Kathy Wood bought it. We've been, I've been tweeting that when they're moving up 20% and RBL is going to get a bigger move because the new IPO, everybody's excited about it. But you can't be that excited and pay $90. $90. What about 92 and change, Dennis? $92. 92.01. 92.01. I knew a whole number would come in there and into play. And uh, you know what? 73,000 shares traded on that in that bracket. So, I mean, it just, there was some big volume. Jay Breed listened to the show. He sold at 90 this morning. Jay Breed, that is how you make money at 4 a.m. Fading the dumb money. Fade the dumb money. Don't chase, don't be the dumb money. Fade the dumb money. Jay Breed, if we had that Luke Bell, we'd ring it for him. Good job, buddy. That's what you do. That's what I I was waking up. I got my own sounds here. Let's give let's let's give Jay Breed a round of applause. I think Jay Breed's new. I think he's new. Are you e- new to the show? Way. I can't find my applause sound. Jay Breed, so, um, nice work, buddy. Uh, there you go. There you go. Luke's got the better bell. We're not as good I'll, as I'm all right. Player. I'll get my I'll get my sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll but that's how you do it. So not saying fade every move. You've got to understand. One thing, you know, I was trading 4 a.m. I, I traded for a decade, and then I started trading 4 a.m. So you can't just be a rookie and go and trade at 4 a.m. It's like sitting down with professional poker players. Everybody, there's a lot of smart money out there at 4 a.m., a lot of smart algos out there at 4 a.m., knowing what stuff is worth. You know, I always know I've got a quantitative approach to the markets. I know what stuff is worth, meaning if there's a piece of news, I got a feeling for what that is worth. In this market, it's a little tricky, like, and yeah. obviously – Things go a little bit more than you think, but you know, it's an upgrade. You know, it's a classic example. I'd be up at 4 a.m. trading the upgrades and downgrades. Somebody's really excited. You know, Goldman Sachs upgraded some stock. It's up 10%. I'm like, well, historically, quantitatively, that stock should go up 3% on that. So I will short it up 10%, and hopefully it comes back in. In some cases, it doesn't, but in most cases, it does. So obviously, as traders, we live in, you know, just percentages. We don't live in the absolutes. We can't make money on every single trade. But if you do enough trades and you have a quantitative approach to it and a quantitative edge, you will make money. So and that's how I approach it. So somebody's getting down and dirty and saying, I'll pay up 10% for a Goldman upgrade. And I've got a historical uh, quantitative, you know, numbers on that, that it's worth three or four. I'm trying to extract 6% alpha from that stupidity. So, you know, and I'm just calling it out how it is. This is what happens. So there's algos that are doing this. They see RBLX up 30%, and they'll be like, you know, off 25% off Kathy Woods. Like, it's a little bit overdone. Just a little bit, over, <laughs> just a little bit outside. Uh, Dennis, we'll just look at it, put a bow on uh, RBLX here. Uh, someone likes it here at 74.50. That's all I can tell you. This is a 15-minute chart over the last hour since uh, that's it, 74.44, 74.50. So there's your support. Takes that out. You only have one number on the downside, and that would be the close. That was a close at uh, 69.50 and still trading above yesterday's high, too. So hard hard to pick a spot after that. Now, at 92, I don't think we're going to see that again today. I don't think so. You never know during the day. Never know. You never happen. know. 
but you know it's gonna have to get some hype and it will like you know does it have the potential to go up from here i think it's kind of fairly priced in here but as again it's day two so it could do anything maybe the momos gets going maybe reddit grabs a hold of it you know and it could rip higher you know but if you're just buying it on light volume you know up there at 90 it's going to take a lot of you know intraday action something something to happen almost or media to just cover this exhaustingly to get back there you gave up all the edge you know don't give up the edge last night the smart buyers were buying this thing um you know rbrlx after the you know that we found out last night i think it closed around 72 last night so all of a sudden you know it traded for two hours an hour and a half off kathy wood and the Arabs had her at 72, 73. Now we've ripped higher in tech, so you have to add that on, which gets you to that 75 pricing, 76 pricing. So it's, it's kind of fairly right priced. There. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, right there. Boy, so, if, you, if you compare this uh, this company to EA, I mean, <laughs> whew, they're going to have to make a lot of money. But, hey, this is what this market's about, right? It's uh, high valuation. It's popular. I mean, and the other thing that's very interesting is that they're really attracting a uh, a younger demographic, which is you know these kids are. This is the way they're thinking. This is this is the new frisbee. You know, this is the new yo yo. This is the you know the skateboard. This is what people are doing. So, uh, what else did Kathy dabble in yesterday? Oh, uh, let's see. There, there was eight, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten buys, and they're all pretty much the same stock she's been picking on. So yeah. nothing, 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 nothing exciting. No, she bought 500 really. shares of SEER, Joel. Like literally she bought 500 shares and the stock's up three and a half percent because she bought 500 shares. Which stock is that? SEER. Seer. She literally She's bought 500 shares and they're paying up some, you know, somebody's paying up 4% because she bought 500 shares, not 5,000, not 500,000, 500. She bought 500 shares. Oh, but she bought it. And that's all that matters. <laughs> so anyways, this is this know. market. The Kathy fades have been working very, very well. If you're fading that RBLX move in the morning, you're doing you're doing good. So I'm going to say it. The fade trade's still working. Don't chase Kathy moves. In my opinion. Just my uh, opinion. Dennis, what about this uh, this BuzzFeed spec that I – that? That was reported. Like it night, was too. a rumor, and it was re- it was reported. So ENFA, right, is is your is your SPAC ticker, mm. and it was just a report from Bloomberg. Um, rumor, not a rumor from Bloomberg that this ENFA, the SPAC, is gonna is gonna buy uh, BuzzFeed. Yeah, they're gonna take BuzzFeed uh, public here through the SPAC ENFA. That's what the rumor was. Look at the move last night. ENFA Joel bring it up and you can see the ridiculous pop that this thing had here too. Um SPACs, the pops, the 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 deal pops have been sells left, right, and center. SPACs, you know, even despite the big rally we've had in tech, we talked about yesterday, SPACs have not participated really. Been a little bit of participation, but they've kind of been left out. The SPACs are still not in favor. So when you get a rumor, just a rumor, that you know this is going to take BuzzFeed public, the, st- the ANFA went to $14 last night. And now, well, the rumor hasn't materialized yet. It's all the way back down to 10.05. I give it all back. All Oof, of it. Boy, all boy. of it. Gone. Again, chasing <laughs> moves. Even if they took BuzzFeed, even if it was official, I'm not sure if it would have popped up four bucks. Because it's just not the environment. I love Buzz. You know, BuzzFeed's good company. That seems like a pretty good deal. But again, it matters about valuation. And right now, SPACs are completely under attack and out of favor. 
So you're coming in and paying 12, 13, 14. Let's go to 20. You're not in Martin. We're not in January. We're not in February. We're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. We cannot be paying up huge for these SPAC pops on the deal announcements because they have not been getting the favoritism they were getting five or six weeks ago. So you have to be cognizant to the SPAC environment that you're in. The pops have been phased. I don't know if it's going to continue to be that way. Maybe SPACs come back into favor. Maybe it's a big deal that'll get it all rolling again. But right now, SPACs are out of favor. And that's why you can't be going and chasing these SPAC moves like you were six weeks ago. We're teaching stuff here this morning. We're teaching. We're teaching. What we're trying to do is teach. We're yelling at you guys because we love you. That's why I'm yelling. Because we love you and we don't want you guys to lose money. I really got mad at Spencer on the afternoon show. What happened? Uh, what was that stock we were talking about that was going down? Uh, I, I what happened was I had forgotten Dennis that Dix reported the other day, and we were talking about uh, oh, crap. What was the stock? Um, America Outdoors or something? No. Or? Oh my gosh, <laughs> so many stocks. Uh, it, uh, Academy, wow. uh, like Sports Academy or something? Yeah, Sports Academy. That's what it was. It was um. Uh, Academy Sports, Academy Sports, Academy. Yeah, what's the yeah. symbol on that? Yeah, there? ASO, a- ASO was the, was the was the stock, and uh, and they, I, I think that I forget where how it came up. Maybe it was the chat that the brought chat it up. Chat asked about it, yeah. and uh, but I'd forgotten that like, Dix reported the other day, uh, and the market did not like their earnings report, and uh, Joel asked why they were down, and uh, I forgot about about the that's okay the Dix report. Yeah. Well, no, it, about like Dick's kind of setting setting the tone for for those for those sporting good retailers. But um, I wanted to just say one more. There, the chat's giving me heat, and they're saying lots of spacs are up five percent pre-deal. Once a spac has already got a deal, I don't even consider it really a spac anymore. It's now that company. So what I'm talking about is the pre-deal spacs. Go look at them all. They can knock it off the mat. Most of these things are hugging ten. Most of these things are hugging 10. And most of the time on the deal pops, and even some of the ones that after, like, I mean, think about the rally we've had in the queue. CCIV hasn't rallied that much. So even some of the post-deal ones haven't done that great. But if you're looking at skills, well, skills had earnings. It's going to move around. Yes, it's up. But I'm talking the pre-deal SPACs. A lot of these things are having trouble getting off the mat. A lot of the premiums were in there. They were going 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, $14 without a deal, without a rumor. Those, most of those are back near the 10. Now, there's a few exceptions. GSAH, which I talked about, which is a good one. It's popped up. It's Goldman. You know, so it's getting a little bit of love. We, do, we still have the Aquins back. It's still trading with the premium. I've sold out a PSTH. I'm out because I'm just like the, the premiums um, were, you know, taken out of all of the ones pre-deal. PSTH is still trading 27 on the 20. I sold some at 32. I sold the rest of it three days ago at like 27.90. Because after it went down twenty three, because I'm like, there's, you know, what if they, what if Hackman doesn't get a good deal, and what if he, 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 you know, it's already trading out a premium, so and he probably is going to get a good deal, but the 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 response to good deals hasn't been good either, so there's just too much risk for me in that now, and that's why I'm out of PSTH too. I loved PSTH back when SPACs were in favor. SPACs are still out of favor. You know, maybe they're going to get back into favor again, but overall, the pre-deal ones are massively out of favor. I know because I own some of them. They haven't been going up. Okay. Everybody's silent today. What's wrong, guys? We don't. We have no. nothing to say. Nothing to say. 
<laughs> oh, that's a funny one in chat. Ackman's going to buy Herbalife. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Um, no, I, hey, uh, I uh, sold my, my SVAC. Uh, basically, I was flat. And, I was, and, and the opportunity cost of owning, uh, you know, now that... Now that it's post deal. What's the excitement? I mean, I sold um, mine too. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and, and, and I don't know. I, I, I didn't, again. Do, it, it Man, there's down. a lot. Look at all those red candles in this one. Holy mackerel! On the daily, I Wait, mean, for, look for SVAC. Yeah, I mean, man, oh man, when I think it's a green candle, Jack boy. Jack Douglas just just dropped uh, us a hundred bucks. Just dropped us a uh, what is that? A Benjamin? <laughs> uh, just wanted to say thank you. Been watching since last March. Had my best year ever. Thanks to all your knowledge every morning, even when Dennis yells at you. Thank you, Jack Douglas. <laughs> Nine dollars ninety nine cents. Nice. Wow. Hundred bucks. That's nice. Thank you so much. We do appreciate that. No, no Bitcoin. I thought we were only taking um tips. We take everything. Take it rupees. We take everything. Everything. We take everything. So no, we appreciate that. That's awesome. Thanks, Jack. That that. that, uh, I know. I can get angry sometimes, you know, and I'm very opinionated. I'm a very opinionated Canadian. Um, and you know what? Like I, I say, if you're making money, I'm going to say one other thing, though. If you're making money doing different things that I'm talking about, continue to do it. I mean, your P&L speaks volumes. So if you've got a system that is continuously making money and I've said, you know, and I've dogged your system in some way, you know, indirectly or directly. I mean, your P&L speaks the volumes. If you got something that's working. Continue to do it by all means. Uh, I'm just trying to teach, you know, traders who are struggling or traders who aren't struggling or traders who just want to get better. There's something new. Different, There's something, yeah. Different yes. ways, different, a quantitative approach to looking. You know, some people are saying where to get the data. Well, stock odds, Joel, you can get it from stock odds too. A lot of this stuff. Yep. Yep, so, we're going to be doing some more stuff. Like that. Reason, yep, you know, stock odds, and we can, you know, just give it a quick promo there, but it's stock odds dot, stock odds dot net. Is that the? Yep. He's got a few of them there. Can we get yep. it at stockodds.net or stockodds? It's stockodds.com. Mystockodds.com. Right. So I want to get What he's been getting into as well, and we've been discussing it, is like, you know, he gets his setups the night before. So during this pre-market trading, you know, there's something. He, he was uh, There was a setup he talked about uh, Sunday night in uh, Clorox. And, I mean, he had all the ducks in a row, you know, to buy the Clorox. And someone was paying way up for it in the, in, uh, the pre, you know, because the spoos were up initially. And someone was paying way up for it. And then, you know, the spoos turned around and that came down with it. And so he ended up getting into actual discount to where he wanted it. And he's only looking on an open to close basis. But uh, we'll be getting into more. Maybe we'll get uh, Rob on today. We got uh, this is the last day. Of, you know, we got the rollover. And then we got the quad witch coming up next week. So there's going to be a lot of, lot of good setups uh, for that. Uh, SP is just hanging up here, 27 handles, 39.23, nice overnight rally. Right now, not giving any inclination that uh, it wants to give anything back. Uh, we did, Kathy, how much GameStop did we talk yet? Did we, we talk? Didn't, we didn't talk GameStop. GameStop. Did Chris Camilo break GameStop? Why, why, why do you did, say that? Because he sold because it. He tweeted out literally about, I didn't get the timing of the tweet. We should go grab the timing of the tweet. Let's okay. go look. Right here live. We're going to Chris Camilo's treats. We love Chris. He comes on the show from Dumb Money. But he's like, okay, it's gotten silly and I'm out. 
and then it tanked. So, okay, Chris tweeted. We'll, we'll get the tweet, Chris. Yeah. He, he tweeted it at 12. Well, I was a little few. Okay, so he didn't get the top. Sorry. He tweeted after it started to break. Um, it was 12 19. Yeah. 12.19, he tweeted, sold my GME out for now. That's when GME was trading about oh, $345 or so. And in the next couple of minutes, it got cut in half. <laughs> Chris, you caused GME. No, he, <laughs> but you know Chris, what? You know what's really interesting. It looks in like this? he started selling just. It looks like it started to collapse just before Chris. If I'm trying to look really closely at that chart, it started to go down because it hit like three fifty. What, what was the high? You know, I yeah. I, I took this off my screen in the morning. I don't have any kind of position in it, and uh, but I like I like you know you have numbers that just stick out in your head. Right. And I remember when I sold the last part of uh, the position, it was the close. It was the old time closing high. And that was 347.51. That was on January 27th. And then what do you get up to yesterday? 348.50. So, you know, we talk about highs and we talk about lows in closes are important so i i mean it could just be a a coincidence i'll we'll have to ask chris if he was looking at the old time the I, highest you ever marked was 347 whatever 51 or whatever i gave yep and it got the 348.50 now predicting that it would go down to 172 after that I mean, crazy holy mackerel I mean, that it's so hard. You got to sell on the way up. I don't know how you yeah. can get next. It, it looks on the like way he sold it about a minute or two after the selling started. So he maybe started seeing it break, and he's like, "Okay, I got to get out." So he got on the first little bit of the the candle. Yeah. So it, it's right around the same time. Twelve nineteen is really when the collapse started. That's right when Chris it does. So he's widely followed. So you know, like he's definitely influential um, because he is widely followed. But GameStop's such a you know crazy. That's crazy. Stock. Stock, yeah. It's, he, he probably saw just, well, I have to ask Chris, you know, why he sold. Maybe he just saw it just starting to go down because it looks like it just started to break. And then he's like, okay, I, I'm, you know, I don't want to, I've been sticking around this thing for a while. And I mean, yeah, had some guts. And, you know, um, it, it, it's, it, I, I liked it. I liked the chart. I liked the setup. You know, I didn't think it was going to run $150 or $200. No. Like $140. But, you know, there was a few people. I had three or four people reach out to me. That I actually bought it, and um, a couple other people got out there too. So near the top, my buddy Mike there took it from 150 to 300 and something too, uh, and he sold too. So good job, Mike. So good job, Chris. Good job, Mike. Good job, traders. If you're banking, yeah, I you know before, I had a good feel you know for it when it was. Now it's like you know my feels totally gone. I have no like right now. I mean the setups, the higher, right now it's tough. Now no, it, yeah. now I, I, I you know can say things with uh with confidence but whew. all right man yeah now it's tough you joel's got it right you know that yeah. when we were calling it on a technical basis four days ago and we're like this is setting up to go i wish i would have bought it you know i couldn't stomach to buy calls because i know the premiums are there and i was like i can't stomach to buy the stock because you know who knows and they pull the rug out from under it but i'm like technically if this wasn't gamestop i'd buy this i could, couldn't do it because it was gamestop couldn't stomach it but anyways I, a few, yeah i can't stomach it. and you know what a position like that, and here's another, you know, point. When I'm trading somebody, that requires babysitting. Babysitting. A position, you can't take your eye. You've got to watch it. And so I have an opportunity cost. When I trade something like GameStop or I trade something that's just reported earnings, there's an opportunity cost because those are crazy. And I can make some money tape reading that and probably getting out of it. 
But the question is, does that impact my other trading, you know, my, my quantitative approach to trading? You know, I'm trading 50 or 100 stocks overnight. I can't be watching GameStop. I've got on all these other stocks to watch. So, you know, there, there's always an opportunity cost. And, you know, I talk this with my other buddy at Bright Trading a lot, too. I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, there's a nice setup in this. But I'm like, that requires babysitting. That thing's too crazy right now. So I don't like babysitting. And I, you know, that's why I try to go in more boring stocks so I can control it a little bit more. So, you know, if I'm trading the stuff that just had news, and sometimes I do, sometimes I do. If I'm bored, I would trade something like that. But GameStop absolutely requires babysitting. You know, you got one or two stocks, you can watch that closely. You got 100 stocks, they're all bouncing around, they're all short term day trades. You're trying to trade GameStop on top of that, you spread both then. All right. Uh, do we have? I saw some analyst ratings. We haven't talked. They really haven't been moving the market as much. But uh, I just want to congratulate you on a, a call that you made yesterday, Dennis. Uh, I have no Gen- idea what that is. General Electric. Oh, they. Well, t- that's the quantitative approach too. You just know you don't even need stats on that. I can't think of a reverse split stock that goes up. I don't. I you know. Then this is proposed, but. People are paying like 14 and a half for that in the pre-market. They don't understand reverse splits. They're taking shares away. So anyways, that just, you know, even, you know, it's fast money. They talked about it, Joel, last night. And he got grass, so they were all bullish. Tim Seymour, there was literally a segment about a week ago, about a week ago, um, where Tim Seymour pitched GE, and they all agreed. They all loved it. Last night, all those traders were on, and they're like, we don't like this. We don't like this. <laughs> So, and it was good. Like, t- the, the, they pitched the stock at like 12 and a half and it ran 14 and a half. So, it was a great job. Tim, Seymour, I know you follow us and, you know, and when you've been on a show lots of times, we love you. And it was a great pitch. And you know what? You did. You got sabotaged to a certain extent by that um, reverse split announcement. And that's why the stock, it was a terrible, terrible announcement for the company. And you could tell Tim was a little bit lukewarm. He's like, I don't like this. And, you know, Grasso, same thing. I mean, who likes reverse splits? Who likes losing? And Karen Feinerman, I can't understand either. Karen Feinerman was correct too. She's on there saying, you know, what companies are doing this when they're, you know, tra- they're under a buck and they're, they're in trouble. I mean, why do this? So anyways, she said I wouldn't surprise me. It's the same thing I said on the show in the pre-market um, yesterday morning. But she said it last night. She said it wouldn't surprise me if they back off, you know, because it's not an official announcement. I said it too yesterday. I don't think they do it. I don't think they do a reverse split. I think they'll pull that. I think they see the response to the stock and they'll be like, yeah, I, I like this. So I would not surprise me if on that, that actually this GE on this pullback is a buying opportunity. So if they, oh, yeah. Can, if, and if back to the Tim Seymour level where he pitched it, I don't think they're going to do the reverse split. I think they, saw, they see the reaction. And if they announce that or they say anything that the reverse splits off the table, the stock will rip higher. I don't know if they're going to do that, if that's imminent or anything. It's a little spooked right now, so I'm not sure you got to jump in it today. But I think you'll find twelve fifty. You're going to yeah. find some buyers at 1250 And if you've been wanting to get in GE, I think this is a pullback you can actually buy. Because I don't think they do the reverse split. That's just my opinion. I'll have to track down uh, Mr. Inch, John Inch, and uh, see get his opinions. And we haven't had him on uh, talking GE in a while. Well, that, well when he was going to get bullish G, that's when we were going to buy. But John never got bullish. Yeah, Obviously, John Inch, who you know, was bearish stock at $29 and He's still got, I think, a five or six dollar price target. Maybe it's eight now. And then obviously you got JP Morgan's Tusa too. Um Tusa ever turned bullish? Yeah, he did. He did. He did, eh? Yeah, there was a couple of those. Products. I like the story. I think there's a turnaround story here too. 
I, I don't know why they did the reverse split thing. I think this is an opportunity. I talked about it, right. Right. Yeah. Now you're off. You know, you've punished the stock from 14.30 down to 12.5. It's basically over a 10% fall on two days because everybody's spooked a reverse blitz coming. I don't think they do it. I think it's a buying opportunity. That's just my opinion. Let it make a couple lows. It will, it, it, gee, well, it'll make a couple lows in the same area. And we'll see. It is trading below yesterday's low, which was 12.92. But who downgraded it today? Uh, somebody just said downgraded. I didn't look at ratings yet. I, oh, yeah, they did. Oppenheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer did. Overweight to neutral. They must have got spooked by the – or overweight to perform, they call it. That's – they're neutral. Um, they got spooked by it too. Uh, I think I think it's an opportunity. Yeah. I, it, I like it, 12 and a half. Yep. 12, yeah, half, you know, 12 and a half. You have that one low at 12 and a half. So just below that. We'll see what happens down uh, – trade it down though in the pre-market. So. I wrote it down. I'm interested. I'm okay. interested intrigued not long not yet all right what else we got uh we got buck in the background he'll be coming on here in another minute or two yeah oh we forgot about oracle go ahead company that always finds a way to disappoint on earnings and then comes back for the next report i own oracle i've owned it forever i still have it i bought it at nine dollars during the financial crisis and i still have it um i sold a little bit on the way up like i always do but I've still got a chunk of the position. What did they do last report? I'm trying to go see here. I can look it up for you very quickly, courtesy. Did they hit it? Oh, 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 you want to look at the chart? Well, you can tell me the numbers too in the last report, but I'm trying to remember if they hit the stock or not. I don't see much reaction. It was uh, the the date for the last report was December 10th. Okay. Not much. It didn't do much on the last report. Hardly any response in there, so it must have just been kind of what everybody thought. I mean, this report would at least the headlines were pretty damn good, right? Their EPS beat, their sales beat, they added twenty billion dollars to their buyback program, and they're raising their quarterly dividend from twenty-four cents a share to thirty-two cents a share. Um, and they gave some some inline guidance. So yeah, but it ran up ten percent in three days into the report. That's the problem. So expectations too high, doesn't meet the higher expectations, and the stock sells off. Gets back to 65. I own it already, so I'm probably not buying more. But if it got back to 65, I think you find buyers down there. Uh, 68 is a little ways away. How low do we get here, pre-market, Joel? Uh, it's interesting. You had a daily low March 5th at 67.31, mm-hmm. and someone made a stand right in that area. 67.29 is your pre-market low. 67.30, that lines up with here. I mean, if you get back, you're only a buck away from it, and you had the big move. So that that's at least where someone was bringing it in in the pre-market. Uh, yes, the pre-market. And below that, oh, boy, you got a steep drop to 65.31. The, uh, the number triple D picked up there. But you did match that low in the, in the pre-market. Got a little bit of a bounce to 69. Looked like we're tailing off once again now. I, I, I'm still long. I'm sticking with it. I still like the stock. I think down 65, 66, 67. I think you'll find buyers. This, always, and when we look at this three months from now, I think it's higher as long as the market holds up because it always seems to get it back eventually. Uh, yep, the, day one, maybe not, but I think you this, better get it back. Two weeks ago, uh, this was on, uh, I think, Barron's cover. And uh, that got a nice bounce along with the, the pre-earnings run. Because that's an unusual move that it had from 62 to nearly 74. Value back in favor. Yeah. 
so that helps it as well the rotation but there was a headline in there too i forget what the headline was there was a couple headlines driving oracle as well yeah something i don't know getting into the cloud i think i can't remember but anyways yeah the barons move that was a big move i i would wait for this to come back come back in a little bit and uh i mean you see the daily lows in oracle but right now down 397 and 68.15 and I think it's just not going to rip back up here, folks, because you got some people caught like, oh, I should have sold out of the report. They always miss. Bottom of yesterday's range would be a real key area, 71.50, if, in fact, we can get up there. That's three and a quarter points away. So, Buck. Yep, let's bring Buck on. Buck Andrews, co-founder of Inform. What's going on, sir? How are we doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's It's going. It's going. We're trying to get a feel for this. Every day is back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. I want to know how your week was trading Mara and Riot because those things were really volatile there, Buck. You grow, you're growing some gray hairs there on trading the Mara and Riot? Or, uh... No, no. I, I, I've had gray hairs for a long time. It was a pretty interesting week. Um, and I think things kind of uh, set up kind of nicely on the bottom there. It was, um, if you looked at the treasury bonds, I, I reversed my treasuries when, and uh, or didn't reverse, but I got out of my shorts on uh, Tuesday. Okay. Um, when, when we bought it, it looked like a pretty good bottom on Monday or, or was that Friday, Friday, Monday, Friday. And I look, look at the uh, TTD uh, trade desk. You see oh, that spike oh. low. Wow. Spike low. So you, you had you had that spike low on stocks like TTD, mm-hmm. um, and and then the next day, uh, the the uh, Nasdaq came down and tested, and Treasuries had stopped going down and were basing, um, and at that point I re- I reversed as I actually got back into uh, my. Um, Long, excuse me. I got back into Long Arc. Um, I bought Tesla. Um, I got out Where'd of all my oil trades. Got out of treasuries. Uh, bought Riot. Bought Can C A N. Um, bought C C I V. Nice. Um, and had a pretty good run for the two days. Where did you pick and up? Block. Or you already bought and sold it? Or are you still in it? Yeah, I'm sorry. Some for some reason we just. Uh, Got a little problem here. Can't hear it. Buck, can you hear me? On the audio. Can you hear me? We hear you, good. Wow. Can you hear us, Buck? Yes or no? No. I don't think you can. Guys, back? Can you hear us? We we hear you the whole time. We've heard you the whole time. We don't hear us. Oh, there we go. We we never left you. I've got. All right. (laughs) <laughs> Buck just left the building. Buck has left the building. When uh, he comes Buck back, Andrews, folks, Buck, he's going to get the stuff. He's going to figure, figure it out. He'll be back. Out. I'm curious. It's interesting that he was looking at the same spot where I started buying. There's Buck. 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 Yeah, yeah, you know what? I, I had my phone sitting here, and Siri like kicks in, and all of, a, all of a sudden takes over. Like the uh, oh man, yeah, the audio. That's like, Siri. You got to watch her. She'll take everything over on you. So wait. So what? What Dennis was asking was, uh, where'd you buy Tesla? That's what he tried asking. Um, I, you know, I bought Tesla. I started buying Tesla on um, the day when it was like the, the day day? after. 
day after. Uh, so, so, so let me let me look at the chart. Um, I started buying Tesla. I bought it twice. Okay. So then I added. You know, I I like to get a position. I'll take a small position when I'm not sure if it's a bottom yet. And then what I'll do is I'll add as it's going up. <clears throat> so I started buying Tesla like right on that gap, like right at uh, like five eighty eight, somewhere right in there on the pre market. Yeah. Uh, on the second day, on day two, like after the flush day, then he came yeah, out. Yeah, you see, you see, you see the base there at five on five and eight, and so you try to come down on uh, March eighth, and you, and you did not take out the lows. So I was looking at those yep. lows, yeah, the, the March fifth lows, and yep. uh, watching to see if they would hold on the eighth. Yeah, and then I so a lot of those, a lot of those stocks held. Yeah, they did. Yeah, a lot of those stocks held, and so what I did is I, I at the close, I started started adding stock, like I added Arc at the close, and then um, and Tesla, I I put a very small position, and then on the gap open, I added in the morning pre market. I I love this trade for two reasons. One, you did not try to catch the falling knife on the seventh. Or the day before, I guess it was the fifth because we had a weekend. But you didn't try to catch that falling knife. You waited until the next day, so you had the level to trade off. And we talked about it on the show that day. I'm just saying, you know, you know, these lows here. Um, if they can hold the previous day's lows, that's what you want to see. And you waited for that, and obviously, then you struck. I actually did the exact same thing. I picked up a few tech stocks that day just because they didn't make new lows. MRVL was one of them. I'm a little more conservative guy in my long-term portfolio, so I wasn't picking on Tesla. I bought more Qs because they did not make a new low, and I also yep. bought for solar because it did not make a new low. Um, yeah. So three, so same thing. Same. We were all, we were looking at the charts the same way. They did not make the new low from the fifth to the eighth, so we were buying on the eighth, and you were doing the same exact thing. So that's smart trading right there. You know, looking at those lows and leaning on those lows. Yeah, it was a perfect setup because it, it you know, it came. It gave you, you know, after the fifth, it came back down the eighth and tested. And most of those, pretty much everything held there. So it gave you a tradable bottom. Yes, it did. And so that that's why I added. But uh, honestly, I got out of Tesla um, two days ago, you know, when it was up like above uh, near these highs. Why not? I mean, you just took a hundred points out of something in two days. You know, that's a pretty, pretty significant move there, you know, making yeah. A day and a half. I think you take the the profits too when you get these you know huge moves in a day. Why not yeah, take? There's, yeah, because there's still a question, you know, whether we finish this rotation or not. You yeah, know, it's, it's a, I think the majority of it's done. Um, but you know, if you look at like Arc, the Arc funds are all opening up near their high the other day. They got through. so now you have a tradable high. You know, where you've got to watch and see whether these things can get past these highs and start another trend, but. Uh, my guess is we're going to chop around on technology for a little bit. What's your average holding time, Buck? When you're jumping in these trades, are you typically jumping in for a day, a week, a month? What's your average holding time? It, you know, it depends upon the market. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, in a, in a market like this, um, where we're pretty rocky, you know, if, hey, look, if, if I'd been, you know, held, held some of these things, you know, back in April and uh, you get a 30% down move, you know, you hold for a while. But when you're in these choppy areas after you've had a, already had a big bull market and you're kind of, you know, the market's kind of long in the tooth, I'll take my profits. 
I think you got to on this types of markets because if you don't take them, I always say the market will take them for you. So yeah. you get, you, you know, you made a good trade on something, you make ten percent in a day. Tough not to take it. Yeah, you know the other thing I was I was looking at. Um, you guys were talking about SPACs. SPACs actually, as we all know, they've been taken out to the woodshed. But there's stocks like CCIV, which has been cut in half, which had a really nice base. Yeah. Um, and I was out to dinner last night and driving past, and guess what I saw? I saw a Lucid uh, Motors uh, showroom. It's pretty nice, actually. What do you think here? I mean, this you bought some here. Is this like a longer term trade for you? Or yes. Yes. As well? yeah. yeah. So the the type of stocks that I'm holding for long term, like uh, Greenbox, TBOX, I've got a long term term hold on that one. What's the um, second one? Sorry. G, Greenbox. TBOX. Oh, yeah, Greenbox. Okay. Yeah, I, I I own that one and hope to because it's a you know, it's a small cap. Um, it's it's not heavily. You know, there's not a lot of people in it. Hadn't had a run yet. Um, what is, I, what is? I don't even know what they do. You know, it's a, it's a blockchain uh, uh, stock which is in financial transactions. They work working with a lot of banks. Um, they are growing pretty rapidly, very rapidly. So I think this could be a good long term growth name. Now that one I will not touch. So even if it pulls G, down, no, no, G, 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 GBRX, GBRX, yeah, yeah, yeah. G, GBRX or GBOX, yeah, Greenbox, GBOX, yeah, yeah, that, you got that right, yeah, GBOX, yeah. Hey, Buck, any, uh, uh yeah, any, yeah, G, yeah, GBOX, GBOX, yeah, you're yeah. confusing me here, Buck. Uh, any, yeah. any comments here, just on like the overall volatility? I mean, it's been, oh, you know, uh, we're coming into a a quad wedge off at a turning point. Uh, I kind of uh, like to see know, the market calm down a little bit and then, yeah, and then you, keep going higher. What, what do you think about the recent volatility and perhaps well, uh, the, the, what the volatility? Is, what was weird about the volatility? The volatility normally, you know, I was actually long VIX futures um, for the, you know, but they did me. There was no protection there at all because you know the this this uh, volatility is primarily. You know, in these Nasdaq and tech stocks, so it did not move the VIX at all, hardly. So there were, you know, the VIX didn't move. You had no protection in the VIX if you were long your tech stocks. Um, so the volatility is very specific in, in, you know, these sectors. It's it's not everywhere. You know, the volatility is in tech. Volatility is not in the S and P. It's not in the Dow. All right. Okay. All right, Buck Andrews is the co-founder of Inform. I put this up on the screen earlier, and I will do it again now. Inform.info. There it is, I-N-4-M.info. Buck, as always, thanks for the time. We will speak to you again in four and a half market rotations from now. Okay, guys. Hey, have a good, All right, have whatever, a good weekend. Whatever happens next week. All right, thanks a lot, Buck. Thanks, Buck. All right, uh, it is 847. Losing yeah, a little altitude so. here. We lost the thirty-nine twenty handle. No big deal here. Nice move overnight. Kind of getting up near that uh, old-time closing high, thirty-nine thirty-one. We got the thirty-nine twenty-nine. Yesterday's high, sixteen and a quarter. That's like uh, minor support here coming down from uh, you know just an old high, just an old daily high is potential support, but uh, kind of quiet here in in the pre-market. I mean. 
you know, Buck making a good point. You, and you look at the Q's rally here this morning. And if you're coming in and buying, you know, tech stocks here, you're buying up against a big point here. The high from yesterday, 316.47. We're trading 315.80. So you have a tradable uh, top here, which I would say you have a tradable short on the Q's here this morning. You know, the way I would approach it is, you know, you short here. If you were if you were to short here at 315.88, stop yourself out just above the highs. You got to give it a little wiggle room, maybe even go to the other high. From um, you know when we were breaking down from 318.24, but you know you give yourself a little room. But if you're thinking you know that this is just a snapback rally, and you know obviously we saw a little bit of selling pressure into yesterday's. There's you know just as we say there's tradable bottoms, there's tradable tops too, and that's how I approach it too. Looking at those prior days highs and lows, I know you do that as well, Joel. Oh, yeah. I mean it gives you an out. It's like again when I enter a trade, I never think about the money I'm going to make. I think about the money I'm going to lose, and I want to be able to control my risk somehow. And you do have the high from yesterday as a controllable uh, spot. So if you're coming in and buying, you know, at up you know 1.65% on the NASDAQ, it's one of the Qs. Well, you got to be cognizant that you're buying it right up against the previous day's high. That sometimes will take it out. You know, still anything can happen. We're in an anything can happen market. But a lot of times you'll have traders coming in looking at the same thing that I'm looking at saying, well, there's some resistance there. And, you know, maybe it struggles to get through there. Maybe I'll try it from the short side. And maybe they pull the rug out from under the Qs after the open. That could all happen. We still have the cues that, you know, are struggling here relative to the rest of the market where, you know, this value trade has been relentless. You know, we saw, you know, the little sell-off in the banks two days ago was immediately bought back. That's why I look at a stock like GE and I think, okay, downgraded today, reverse split. It's a value stock, 12 and a half is a big level. I'm like, it sets up not bad as actually a counter trade here. So, um, you know, but I'm a contrarian at heart. So that's how I trade. Look, I learned from you, Joel. Yeah, if you ain't trading, you ain't fading, you ain't trading, right? If you ain't fading, you ight trading. That's what they always said of break trading. So, 10 minutes ticker time? Oh, that's a lot of ticker time. Spencer, do we, uh, do what? we cover, there's do we cover a lot, everything? There's a lot that, that we can get to. There's a lot of stuff from chat. Uh, we can, can we talk Bumble? Let's talk Bumble for a second. BMBL. They had their first earnings report as a public company uh, yesterday after the close. Um, so, not much to compare to as far as history history is concerned and past performance, but they lost one cent per share last quarter. Let me see how that compares to estimates. That was, uh, oh, we don't have estimates, and that's weird. Okay, revenue, $165 million. Um, total paying users up 32% year over year, and they also gave some sales guidance in the $164 million range for, for, the, for the first quarter. What's the pre-market action look like an after-hours action on this, Joel? Uh, pretty much straight up. Straight up. Up 660, 670. Uh, it was strong after hours. Just so you got a bidder here. And uh, let's see if they take it to this. Uh, just a soft number here, 7140. Yeah. Had a big decline. That's halfway back. I mean, if you're really, if you're really bullish today, maybe you get up into the 7375 or 7475. But this thing is approaching the 50% pretty quickly, only uh, four days. Had a nice double bottom, but that's what I'd be looking at. They're pressing it. Not sure if there's a seller just under 70, but it's been bid, strong bid. So once you lose that yeah. buyer here, I don't know. 
little bit of air underneath. But uh, that mid-range downtrend though, since it yeah. IPO'd, and you got a snapback counter trend rally on I an agree. earnings report. Be careful they don't pull the rug out from under this. You got three tops, consecutive tops on February twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth, just over seventy dollars. I think you run into resistance at seventy dollars. If I was long this, I would sell it. Yeah, it's got a bid. Just when it loses, you know, you don't know if that's a bid. Just looking for more bids. But I think around the resistance at seventy. I think you're yeah. right there. I think yep. you're in the register. If I, my opinion, I don't know position. I think if you're long it, I think you sell it. All right, we got a question from chat. How do we feel about skills? SKLZ. They also had earnings last night. They they missed their EPS estimate, fourteen cent loss versus a ten cent loss estimate. Sales of sixty eight million dollars versus a sixty two and a half million dollar estimate. So they beat that figure. They also gave some sales guidance for the year. That was in line. Three hundred and sixty six million dollars is what they guided for their fiscal year sales. Complete shop fest on the report, and oh, I get like so it. sidetracked. Um, I actually was long this stock. I had it written on my sheet that it reports, like literally written on my homework sheet mm-hmm. that it reports. And somehow <laughs> I bought the stock on the close. <laughs> and, I'm like, and then it starts ripping higher. And I was like, what's going on with skills? I was like, oh, it reported. <laughs> I totally missed it. Anyway, so I actually was long the stock from the close. And I had an order sitting out higher, and I got picked off basically at twenty six and a half or twenty six seventy or something because it reported earnings, and somebody picked me off. And then it tanked after that. So, anyways, you know, you know, you're trading too much when you're actually long skills into the report, and you didn't, even, you, and you actually wrote it down that you knew it reported, but you didn't just process that it reported. And I still had a trade on it from the close. So. Um, you know, it's funny, but anyway, so it ended up working out for me. I was just BS luck. I made 80 cents on it. It's just bullshit luck. Let's see what happens at uh, 2760. Uh, that's your pop where you got to when uh, Dennis got picked off and went right to 2750. Then it made another couple runs at 2750. 2760 is the high from yesterday. You're not that far off it. So if he gets through there, it starts to open up into the 28 handle. Uh, just be careful if you go like 2770, 2780, and then you come back down to that level. I don't know if I'd want to hold it, but three day high. It's 28.80. And uh, if you're looking a little bit longer term, maybe, I mean, this thing really came in, made that all time high at uh, 45, just over 45, made a low. What do they do? What do they do? Skills? It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I know it, that. it's game. It's gaming. It's like, um, it's like gaming equipment. And... Got the skills to pay the bills. Yeah. Uh, boom. I'm off of my retracement, but if you're looking a little bit longer term here, I mean, you have 45.79 down. That's about a 20 point break. So 35. I mean, if you're really bullish, this thing, you're going to get back half of this move. I mean, you can sit on this thing, maybe look for uh, 35 and change, 34, 35. Maybe not today, but that would be a, a valid retracement of a stock that had a heck of a sell off. Hey, you know, I forgot about AMC. Let's talk AMC. AMC. Let's talk about it. They had earnings last night. Not that the earnings really matter. Um, but basically, the takeaway was the CEO said, we're no longer in survival mode. That's good news. That's good news. We're no longer in survival mode. Uh, they're banking on the vaccine rollout and the reopening of states uh, and the uh, release of new movies for the first time in a year. Um, and it, I mean, I, I, I skimmed the transcript. Um, it all seemed pretty optimistic to me. Rich Greenfield came out, or Buddy Rich Greenfield. Uh, yeah. Is it Lightspeed? Uh, n- um, 
What's this company? It's, Not White, it's, it's White Shed. White Shed. White Shed. Light Shed. Yeah. Anyways, you know he's the Fubo analyst. He came out with a one cent price. He's outspoken, and he tweets and he talks and he really talks what his opinion is. Yeah. He came out with a one penny price target on AMC. I believe it was yesterday. <laughs> Okay. Um, one penny is his price target and he okay. says it's because it's not bankruptcy isn't imminent here so that's why he gave it one penny and not a zero All right. uh, but he basically said this company has no hope and they can't pay they're not gonna be able out he said a lot of bad things he was on cnbc yesterday too and the stock started going down actually after he was talking about that but um i don't know if it's going to a penny i don't know any of that i just know this thing trades off gamestop so once you get this earnings, a little digestion period, the first hour, keep watching GameStop. Because if GME starts to rip higher, they'll rip AMC too. So GameStop is your leader still. Even despite AMC reporting earnings, GameStop will be an indicator once again after about the first hour for AMC. Yeah, kind of a whoops day. Uh, got up over 12. People were looking for the gap fill up to here, up to uh, 12.91. Didn't quite get it. Uh, only 12.47, pretty close. I would say with this one, the longer it takes to get back up to, you know, yesterday's high, you know, if it starts struggling at 11 or 11 a quarter, uh, perhaps rolled over. Because I, like I say, people that got caught in it today, but 12.47, that seems like a long ways away. On the downside, if you go into reverse here, your first area of support would be the close at uh, 985, and you're actually trading it uh, at right at the close from uh, from from Tuesday. Yeah, right, Tuesday, and that was 1050. That was the first time it settled over double digits since February 1st. Let's go to China for a second. Uh, JD and Baidu both have headlines here this morning. JD had earnings. Baidu just announced an offering. Um, they, well, so a couple things actually with Baidu, with Baidu, uh, CMUC reporting that they're going to, uh, list their shares in Hong Kong later this month. And also, uh, they filed for a 95 million share offering. That's Baidu. They did. They, they filed for an offering and it's up 4%. Yep. Uh, that blows my quantitative analysis out. Obviously the other news was very important, I guess, but usually when you have an offering, the stocks go down. I don't know. So I, I, I don't know the details on this. So maybe there's something else. Maybe this is a filing, you know, to list shares or to do the, the first thing that you said. What is the first thing you said? They're they're going to list in, in Hong Kong. Uh, okay. They're basically, so they're basically going to try to do what... At least Biden that's Biden. what the market thinks that Trump's the offering. I hate dilution. So when I see a stock that's going to offer, yeah. I'm probably not paying up 4% for it. So Yeah, it's up, but it's nowhere near uh, yesterday's high. That was 72.49. Also another high at 271. So with that news i mean it's only trading at what at 265 i i think you have a struggle getting up to uh to 270 what a ridiculous move this baidu's been though from what was hated it was like the china stock that was hated forever until november and then they just decided they loved it all of a sudden because they were going to do something with ev yeah exactly 150 to 350 um now it's back to the 50 percent. so that's one thing going for it the thing that's not going for it is a little head and shouldery you know, head and shoulders on a head and shoulders almost like you had the first <laughs> head and shoulders that filled, you know, the whole neckline and came all the way back down. Now you got this left shoulder from November. So if it starts forming a white, a right shoulder there, you know, we don't know how the pattern's going to look here. I mean, the trend is still your friend here to a certain extent, but EV, you know, it was really hot there obviously a month ago and it's gone out of favor. So it's not surprising to pull the rug out from under this one too. But I don't even know if they ever officially announced anything in EV. 
like Baidu. If they're like, no, it was all it rumors. Was, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I vaguely remember that one headline, but that was like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, okay. Here, here's a headline. Yeah, something officially. Here's a headline from yesterday. Uh, Baidu uh, Apollo says it was selected to build a landmark 5G intelligent driving project. I missed this. This was from yesterday. Uh, it says the project is worth $16 million. All right. All right. $16 million. Um, yeah, this is nothing. <laughs> Nothingness. It's a headline. Right. Nothingness for, for Baidu coming yeah. up. Yeah. I don't understand it. You know, I didn't understand the move from 150 to 350, so I still don't understand a 260. Contract is worth sixteen million dollars. Like uh, well, last quarter, Baidu's uh, earnings were like four and a half billion dollars. So, I'm not sure what sixteen million is going to do for their bottom line. But hey, whatever. And, and what about JD? Real fast, Joel. They had earnings this morning. Sure. Let's take a look at it. JD.com. Yeah. Boom, boom. Just all these stocks are broken still, don't they? Doesn't that look kind of like look at all the highs around ninety five in the area? Like it's getting right back into this state trend. So. I know it got to 99 here pre-market. It's got silly. I don't know. I think you're struggling in about 95. Yeah. Well, how high you did you? You the rip in a lot of this stuff. Uh, you got to 108 down. That was like a 30-point move, 33-point move. So 16, 85, 90. I, I agree with you here. Uh, that 99, that was a way overshoot here. I mean, if you want to look, you got a double top, 98. 45, 98, 70. So if you keep on going, there you go. Actually, you're really, you're clearing 93.88. That was your five-day high. So you lose that, there's some downside. But you're right. There's a lot of people stuck here, I think, willing to sell on a pop. Um, Okay, that's going to be a wrap. Uh, I know there's a lot from chat that we didn't get to. We will cover more of that uh, throughout the day, but also at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time for pre-market prep at the close. Uh, Joel, do we have a guest or is it going to be just you and me? I uh, don't have one yet. Uh, don't but, have uh, one yeah, yet. Um, and, okay, that'll be a wrap for us, everyone. Uh, thank you for hanging out uh, with us here this morning. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Thanks to our guest, Buck Andrews. Thanks again uh, to Jack Douglas for that 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 massive uh super chat comment we appreciate all super chats all likes hit that like button i didn't i haven't checked our like total for uh for like 40 minutes i'm, I'm gonna do that now though and i don't want to be disappointed please don't disappoint me how, how many likes are we up to we up to 373 likes not enough not enough can we get to 500 can we get to 500 please thank you smash that like button thank you very much uh, for all of you listening to this show via podcast we uh, of course we're on spotify itunes soundcloud stitcher please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes not for investing or trading advice introducing wondersuite from bluehost.com the tool that makes wordpress wonderful for everyone Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite.